This time on Holy Ghost Notes. I'm a lot like Tom Brady. We have been cursed. Someone's going to prison for this. Oh yeah. You know what time it is. I'm gonna be a god-awful person if I don't drum. Okay, welcome to Holy Ghost Notes. This is Matt and Tim. How are you doing, Tim? I am swell. How are you? Nice. I'm doing good. Doing well. Doing Doing very well. We just got done with Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. We, um, as we were just talking about, we're not really sure what (laughs) Labor Day means or represents to the masses, but to me personally... Uh, it's a kind of a mix of vacation and work. You're allowed to sleep in a little bit, and then at the same time, you're expected to work a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's effectively the same as any other day, except except that you're not. There aren't the same expectations for you, at least for me. Yeah. So for example, yesterday, which was Labor Day, um, I woke up a little bit later than usual, and I was expecting to have most of the day free. As it turns out, I got a call that we were going to be doing some farm work. Which is not uncommon. Yeah. A lot of times with farming, there's there, there are last minute things that just pop up and blow up your schedule. Hmm. So I was planning to have my four hour chunk of practice time ready to go in the morning. And that just went away immediately. <laughs> so I, I had to restructure my day. But I think what's different about it for me, and if you're listening to this, maybe this part is the most relatable. Um. It's, it's that you know that everybody else has a vacation day. Mm. Not everybody. I see people out working, and I my heart does break a little bit for people that have to work on holidays. Uh, I hope that they're getting paid really well to do so. But in most cases, you just know that people are off work. So it's almost like a snow day. It's, um, it's a free one. It's a free day, and you know that anything that you accomplish is almost like... Uh, in excess of anyone's expectations of you, which I love. That's why I love snow yeah. days. Mm-hmm. Snow days are great because the world kind of stops spinning. Everybody gets a little bit slower in their pace. And so if you get anything done, you feel really good about yourself. Right. Labor Day is kind of the same way. So I went over to the farm. We did some farming. We're bailing this type of grass called millet. Um, millet is not as nice to work with as wheat straw, but it's... Um, or 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 hay. It's a little bit dirtier mm-hmm. to work with, but it's our goal is that it's good for our cattle. We have four cattle right now, four Angus okay. beef, and the goal nice. is that they like it. And we grew it and didn't have to pay five or six or maybe seven bucks a bale for it. Okay. So it was kind of a family affair. the The grandkids, my nieces and nephews, were driving their two little Honda fifties around the property, around the farm, just like zipping up and back and yeah. It was cool. It reminds you of, of what it was like to be a kid and not have a care in the world and, and just feel like the world is your playground. That's exactly what it is for them. They have yeah. they literally have dirt bikes and drive, I don't know, it's probably half a mile back this field, turn around and zip back. Yeah. And meanwhile, dad's driving the tractor. I'm driving my truck and trailer. You know, we're all working out there throwing bales. Yeah. I just look at my nephews. I'm like, man, I remember exactly what that was like looking at this situation from their perspective. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was a good day. It was a good weekend. I am definitely excited to be back home after a little vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice to be away, but I, I don't like to be out for more than like four or five days at a time. It's mm. too much. Yeah. You get a little homesick. Yeah, I get a little homesick, it's, uh, especially <laughs> okay. not having a tour. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of getting used to being home yeah. and not having to go out, you know? What do you think that's going to be like 2021 or whenever you guys start touring up again? Uh, how is that going to feel? You know, it was such a part of your life and you were so uh, yeah. used to it, you know, used to being home for a short time and then packing up again and heading off on another tour and now it's been probably the longest stint of not touring since you guys really, you know, started gaining popularity, right? For sure. For sure. I mean, we haven't done anything like this in 15 years. Yeah. Like, it's... I I think it's it's obviously going to be weird. I was thinking about this last week, like, exactly what you just phrased yeah. in a question. It's What is it going to be like to be out there and play our first couple shows? We're definitely going to be nervous mm-hmm. and feel like we're rusty even though everyone's been practicing their butts off 
I know exactly what certain people are going to say on the bus afterwards. They're they're going to be they're just going to be thrilled. Yeah, it's going to be smiles all around, high fives, and a sense of satisfaction knowing that we're able to do this again. Mm-hmm. And wow, man, we really we really miss this. Like, oh my gosh, thank God we're back on tour again and able to play in front of people and play these songs that we never really got to play off Guardians. Yeah. I think it'll be a, a mix of emotions, but the ultimate and superior emotion will be just like the thrill of yeah. being able to do what we do. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's like yeah. revisiting uh, like an old uh, amusement almost. Yeah, right for sure. I and mean, it's been long enough now where it's not the norm, you know? So going back to it norm. is going to be that much sweeter. I know, and we've all been practicing in our mm-hmm. studios. Yeah, but it's but you know what it's like practicing versus performing. It's, yeah, it's two totally completely different. different things. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's wild. Yeah, Speaking hopefully, practice. Hopefully next year. <laughs> hopefully next year we get back yeah. out there and and do it. I mean, everybody's asking me what's going to happen. When's it going to happen? And everybody also knows at the same time that nobody knows. Yeah, it's sort of like yeah. does anybody have the secret answer? All I can all I can say is that certain events are canceling January 2021, mm. okay. which is not a good sign. Yeah, for yeah. us being on tour. So I am erring on the side of playing later in 2021 versus the beginning of 2021. Mm-hmm. If it so happens that things change quickly and we're able to get out there early, great. Then yeah. we'll all be you know we'll all be thrilled. But I think it's it's always better to um, you know. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Sure, you know, kind of scenario. Well, I know it'll, it's probably going to be different in some ways, at least. Uh, I know, yeah, Million Club, too. which was a pretty regular spot for you guys, right? You played there yeah. like once a year. We um, played the Chameleon least. more than any other venue on the yeah. planet, and they're they're shutting down, or at least they're moving somewhere else, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, COVID's forced some uh, some change. That's for sure. Hopefully, it's mostly good change. At, in the long run, um, yeah, I think a lot of people are struggling, and you know, you know, especially uh, the. Uh, uh, I mean, a lot of musicians are struggling, but especially the uh, the techs and the crew. Um, True, I know, didn't have a whole lot to fall back on uh, with all this. Yeah, <laughs> that was their yeah. livelihood, right? Um, so, yeah, that's true. And when when and when we come home from tour, they would work local shows. Mm-hmm. And that's Which aren't not happening thing. either. Yep, exactly. It's just and a completely it's, it's, different landscape. It's a completely different landscape. Their their trade is transferable to a certain extent, but everything that you would transfer that trade to, that skill set to, is mm-hmm. is also extinct. Yeah. Right. So you you can go to a completely different genre of work, or you sit back and wait for your industry to open back up. And as it turns out, the entertainment industry appears to be one of the last ones to open up yeah and to your point we we haven't seen this in our career of 15 years of touring so there's just a lot of question marks there's there's a lot of um stress tension friction as you said the chameleon club shutting down and as you said it's going to look different when when things open back up i think promoters are going to be more skittish there's there's going to be this just hesitation to do things the way that we were doing them mm-hmm. and at the level that we were doing them and then once we get back out there and some shows start rolling out and some tours start working out and coming to an end tours are booked again then i think there will be some consistency but initially yeah. it's going to be a uh, i don't know it's it's going to some people are going to feel very uneasy about it all um, yeah in the meantime, we just practice and try to keep the rust off of us so that when we get the call, hey, you guys are good, you're clear, let's go. Yeah. We're not scrambling to <laughs> yeah, sure. you know, lose 10 pounds and play metal music at 200 BPM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just well, I was just talking to someone about this the other day because, you know, obviously with me as, you know, as a hobbyist more than uh, a professional at this point, like Yeah. um it's it's insane, and I'm, I'm constantly surprised. I don't know why I'm surprised anymore, but I'm constantly surprised when I don't get on the kit for even just a, a week or two. Yeah. How I know. much I have to re, 
you know, I mean, like we're going to start talk, we're going to talk about practicing today. And, uh, you know, I got on the kit for three hours the other day straight after not playing on the kit for like two and a half, three weeks. And I had to re callous my fingers. I had like five <laughs> blood blisters on my hands. They're still torn up. Dang. And, uh, just because, and it was like, I was re learning all these things that like I had gotten to the point where I was proficient again and didn't have to think too hard. Could just, you know, kind of rely on my muscle memory and even three weeks can destroy that. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, I know. So uh, your hands are hurting, even though you played, you were playing drums four weeks ago. Yeah. And you took a three week break. <laughs> Not a purpose. And you come back to it and your hands weeks, are ripped yeah. up. Yeah. Three or four weeks, whatever it yep. was. Yeah. And then yeah, it doesn't hour, take long. Three hours on the kit and my hands are destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a wild. commitment. It's it's a commitment to stay in that in that like you were at a certain level of playing, right? And mm-hmm. you you take three weeks off and you 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 drop down a level or two, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. And then it's it's not that hard to get back to that level, but you do have to get back to it. You don't mm-hmm. you don't lock yourself in to that gear. Right. Unfortunately, you go down a couple gears and you have to work your way back to it. Yep. Keyword work. Mm-hmm. It's work. And yep. if you don't want to stay at the level you were at, you don't have to. Um, you can drop down and you don't have to work as hard. You can play yeah. every couple of weeks and enjoy it. But to for every subsequent level you want to get to as a drummer or in any, I mean, whatever it is, sports, mm-hmm. uh, music, uh, you're you're gonna have to put in that time, and it's it's compounded by what level you want to stay at. Yeah, that's that that that's why I love sports so much. It's such a commitment. Their season, for example, the NFL season is only so long, mm-hmm. and then in the off season, you hear about these these you know athletes who are just crushing it in the gym. Yeah, it's a year round commitment. Maybe they'll take a week off after they win the Super Bowl or whatever. But it's in general, they're just committed to this thing with everything they've got until they're too old to do it anymore yeah yeah which is awesome i love that about sports awesome. i love that about music too the most well, proficient musicians yeah are you still there yeah i'm still here okay gotcha yeah, yeah. um what's that what's the phrase it's like it takes it takes four weeks to um to make something a habit yeah, and like three days to break that habit. Three days, I think Dang, that's not what a it good is, ratio. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's much easier to stop doing something, which is why I mean, like to your point with sports, you know, football, those guys when they're even on the off season, they're in such a routine. They're still waking yeah. up in the morning and they're and they're working out, and so it's not like oh, you guys get most of the year off and you can sleep in and yeah, <laughs> not think yeah. about it. It's like they're still training they still have an agent that they need to uh, impress you know true so that's true and we'll get into this with practice but Mm -hmm. to sort of bookend this conversation um you need to find something that motivates you to stay committed to that thing yeah if you don't have something that motivates you the motivation being greater than the sacrifice you have to make you're not going to keep making the sacrifice Mm-hmm. So being in in the band, being in August Burns Red, it is easy at times to lose motivation, to stay committed to practicing. Yeah. And at, at times, I've been motivated by an exterior factor that immediately pushes me back into the commitment, into being mm-hmm. willing to make a sacrifice to the to the extent that it doesn't even feel like a sacrifice anymore. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that in our in in, in our drum segment on practice, but ultimately you look at sports you know, you, you look at athletics, you look at these amazing, um, just take, for example, Tom Brady, right? Is it his money that he's making that's motivating him? Is it the fame? Is it his ability to do something with such excellence? I've, I've heard him say it's, it's the challenge. It's the pursuit of being excellent at something. Hmm. Um, and then underneath of that, he loves to win. Hmm. And I think I'm a lot like... Tom Brady in just that one thing, nothing more, <laughs> nothing more, just that one thing. The challenge is what motivates me. Yeah. But underneath of the challenge is 
the fact that I'm actually able to be successful at this thing that challenges me. So they work yeah. hand in hand. It's like mathematics. One plus one equals everything else that I do with drumming. Yeah. So if you care about this topic, if you play drums or you're in athletics or you play any other instrument or you're just trying to get to a certain level and whatever it is you're passionate about, this is going to be a good topic for you. But underneath everything, I think the summation of what I want to talk about is, is what I just said. That you yeah. need to find what the motivating factor is. And once you've found that, is it greater than the sacrifice that you're going to have to make to get there? And right. if it is, then it w- it's not going to feel like sacrifice, actually. Most days, mm-hmm. it's just going to feel like you getting to where you want to be because of the motiva- the motivating factor that's you know pushing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. So before we jump into this, I just want to say we did hit on the topic of practice um, in episode 10. Uh, It has now been like 25 episodes since we talked about it. And practice really being the backbone of, you know, being a successful uh, proficient drummer, um, really, uh, we really should talk about it. (laughs) I haven't listened to that episode ever, I don't think. So since it came out, I haven't listened to what we said. So we could have the same exact conversation, most likely not. My view on practicing has changed a lot in the last year, um, and it's probably been about a year actually since that episode came out. So, um, yeah, yeah, um, here we are uh, talking about it again. And there's that phrase, "Practice makes perfect." Uh, it's 100% true, and um, so that's enough for us to <laughs> hit on this again. Absolutely, and hopefully drive the point home a little bit. So, yep, yeah. So take it okay. away. Okay, so. The thing about being good at drums or any instrument or any sport <clears throat> is that you're going to have to work to be good at it. For a lot of people, I think this is discouraging. Mm-hmm. It's why people sign up for Drumio, Mike's Lessons, even my site. People, people want to avoid the fact, it's human nature, I think, to avoid the fact that you're, you're going to have to take personal responsibility and work your butt off to achieve something. And so we jump through hoops and we go to great lengths to avoid that harsh reality. Yep. I do it. I was just talking to a friend this morning at the gym who does the same thing. It's just what we do. It's like (laughs) there has to be an easier way. Is there a tamped down path that's already blazed through this tall wheat field that I can just walk through? There must be. I just need to find it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so we saw, so things are marketed to us in a way where we look at it and say, huh, I think that if I just pay this amount of money, then I can achieve that result. There are certain things that will help, but they'll only help so much as we're willing to put in the work to um, achieve the result that we're being promised. In other words, without yeah. the work aspect, the tips, techniques, Cheats, whatever they may be, are just PDF files or just three-minute videos. It's all they are. You can look at them all day long, and it will not make you better. You might learn a little bit about how how it's going to look, sound, feel in your head, but until you take your mind's eye and you apply it to what you're trying to do, you're not going to see a result. You're just not going to. Mm -hmm. And so what you need to do first, I think, is realize that there's no cheat to being good at something. There is um, an innate ability that certain people are born with, right? This is impossible Mm -hmm. to ignore. Like we've talked about this a lot. There are people like Aaron Spears, um, Tony Royster Jr., Thomas Pridgen, um, Ash Soon, who you can tell have this innate ability to, to play and perform in a way that, yes, they've worked hard, but there's something really special about them. I, I'd even yeah. say Adam Gray is is, mm-hmm. is in that conversation. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, however, they've also worked hard alongside of that to perfect that thing that they're innately good at. Right. So first, number one, realize that to do anything great, you're going to have to work for it. Now, will that inflate you and motivate you to do it, or will that depress you and discourage you out of doing it? Either way... I would say no problem, just so long as you know that's the reality up front. Mm -hmm. Once you face that reality, 
then I think you're going to need to look at your personality. Are you the kind of person like Adam Gray and I, who when we see a challenge, we face it and it, it, it actually motivates us to perfect it and to give yeah. it everything we've got to see how much of it we can chip away at? Mm-hmm. Or are you the kind of person that just wants to be creative and find new avenues and that creativity, that ability to express yourself is what motivates mm-hmm. you. This is yeah. all going to be subjective as to as to what what uh, motivates you. The common denominator, though, is you're going to need a motivating factor. And as we just talked about, the motivation has to be greater than uh, the reality of what you're going to sacrifice. Yep. If yep. it's not, then you're not going to be willing to make the sacrifice. There would be no reason to do that. That's right. This happens a lot in farming. This is something I, I face in farming a lot. First time ever someone's equated farming with practicing drums. But... Um, <laughs> it, it, not the first time. Not the first time. Uh, the, the second. When, when I do stuff on the farm, there are times when I get very frustrated. And I'll say to my dad, why are we doing it this way? This is such a difficult and tedious way to do things. And oftentimes I don't get a response. And it's, it's very frustrating to me. The reason it's frustrating is because I don't see why, I, I, I don't see a purpose in doing things such a difficult way when I can just imagine there being an easier way. Right. My dad doesn't communicate to me uh, why we do it this way, the motivation for doing it this way, the motive. And so therefore I'm left frustrated and I don't want to do the work this way. Yeah. If it was communicated to me why we're doing it this way and not all these other ways, then it would make sense. And I would say, okay, this is the way to do it. It makes sense. It's reasonable. It's rational. And this is 100% what we need to do. A perfect example of this is pulling weeds in our fields. So we have a, a devil satanic weed called burr cucumber. We all call it pickle. Mm-hmm. Pickle is a very thin vine that grows up through the corn and it germinates late in the season so that your residual sprays will not hit it. You spray early, you hope that your crop overshadows your weed, and then there's no potential for growth once that shadowing happens. Hypothetically, well, this burr cucumber has a way of just finding its its way up through the stalk and suffocating the corn hmm. in pursuit of sunlight. When once we go through with the combine, it clogs up our our head, and you're done, though. And this stuff, the seed pods live for ten years in the field. Can't see them; they're invisible. Man, the true invisible enemy for sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, so we go through these cornfields and, and we, we pull these weeds, we pull this burr cucumber three, three lanes at a time. And Tim, you know, corn, I mean, yeah, our, our corn's probably eight feet tall right now. And so you're walking through like this. If you can't see me, Mm -hmm. I have my hands at my head and I'm sort of shielding my face from the stalks because they're reaching in and they'll give you little paper cuts. And when you see one, you dip down and you get it. There's no breeze. It's completely insanely hot. And in your mind, you're thinking, why in the world are we doing it this way? There has to be an easier way. Well, it was explained to me why we do it this way. And after I realized why, I was motivated to actually get out there and do it because this is what we need to do so that we don't have a bigger problem down the road. Mm-hmm. It's for the future. It's an act of stewardship. We're doing the best that we can with what we have so that in the future, we don't have to do it anymore. Once you're yeah. motivated by that, it's, it's easy. We've talked about this before. Uh, Tim Keller said this about about work. He said, um, there's two people working and they're taking a smoke break. And the one person says to the other person, man, today is just so easy. This is incredible work. And the other guy's like, really? What's so easy about it? He's like, this is just amazing. The other person goes, this is hell on earth. This is horrible. At the end of the day, both people, you know, write down their hours. And um, a third person walks in and they look at both their hours, same amount of hours, different pay. First person that yeah. says the work was easy is getting paid a hundred grand in a day. The other person's yeah. getting ten bucks. And right. so your motivation for getting through that day is obviously in this case the bottom line. If you're getting paid a hundred grand, it doesn't matter if you're scooping manure all day <laughs> and completely covered in it. That's child's play, as Adam would say. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. No problem. The other person's getting ten bucks is like this is the worst thing I've ever done. This is yeah, actually not, not it's not fair. This is this is I'm reporting these guys, right? <laughs> Someone's going to prison for this. Drumming is, oddly enough, very similar to everything I've just laid out. 
That is a look inside my brain when I sit down to play for four hours a day. The motivation for playing drums and putting in the time is characterized by everything that I just laid out. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm motivated to I'm motivated to do it so much so that sacrificing the time and the energy to do it isn't really all that sacrificial because what I'm gaining from it is huge in the end. Yeah. That was fantastic, man. I actually so this topic was more motivation, I think. Motivation than, is probably what I practice. should have said. But uh yeah. but, but it, it plays into practice and practice is where it starts. So practice is where you really test that motivation, I True. think. True. That's that's really where the uh, the rubber hits the road, and you start to figure out: Am I going in the right direction? <laughs> Does <laughs> any know? of that speak to you, or are you a different kind of I, drummer? In that, it's like ah, I don't I don't really see that see it that way. Well, that's that's it. You know, I've been asking myself this question actually as you've been talking because everything you, you're saying makes complete sense. That um, that picture was crystal clear. Okay. Um, and I think uh, so. So for me, uh, it's it's different. Um, I'm definitely the type of person who enjoys a challenge. I think if life was easy, it wouldn't be worth it for me. Um, so that's definitely, I'm definitely on the same page with you there. I've never, um, so I've, I've definitely been at the point where I, where I would practice a lot every day to perfect my craft, um, to be at a level of playing that I can go out and perform, uh, you know, often and, um, I just never got to that pro level where it really required everything of me. Right. You know, it never, I was never, I never got to that point of sacrifice where I needed to sacrifice everything for drums, you know? So yeah. in my mind, um, it's hard for me to say 100% that I'm, uh, that I have that in me, like that yeah. I wouldn't have given up at some point along the way. But um, what I will say that I found out more recently, and it's weird that it took so long for me to figure this out, but, um, drumming is so much a part of me that, um, when I don't play drums, for instance, uh-huh. just, I know you where know, you're going with this three, two or three weeks of yeah. not playing drums. Yeah. I start to get moody. Yeah. Me I get too. a little bit, I get a little bit snippy. I get a little Tim bit uh, <laughs> brash, you know, um, you know, unreasonably angry, you know, um, and, uh, and I, it took me a long time to figure this out. Me too. Because it, it really was like I got married and I had everything in my life that I wanted. Um, you know, I, I was married. I was, you know, out of my parents' house. You know, I had all my favorite shows, whatever. You know, um, and it took me uh, years, probably a year or two into marriage to realize I need to give myself music. I need to play the drums or I'm going to be a miserable person to be around. <laughs> and it, like I, did, I, had I couldn't same figure it out. I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, yep. why am I so angry at this? Why am I so frustrated? Why am I so mad all the time? And it was literally because I couldn't, I wasn't, cre- I wasn't being creative. I was working all the time and I was spending time with my wife, which was great, but I didn't have music. Okay, question. And I needed that. Is it the same thing with playing guitar and singing? The reason I ask that is because drumming is physical and you're, some people have equated it to like hitting a plunging bag. So you're obviously- It's not the exert- same. It's not the same. Okay. It's, so it's similar. Yeah. It hits, a, it hits a, a piece of that creativity that I need. You know, um, I think I actually need both, which it's, I'm just, now I'm just being You need a drums and guitar. <laughs> yeah. I need, I don't You're necessarily needy. need guitar. I, I'm a needy guy. <laughs> I so don't necessarily I. need guitar, but I do need, uh, like songwriting, for instance. I need to be able to sit down and write music, whether it's with a guitar or just giving myself some time to create and make music. Um, sometimes that manifests itself just being like at the Pro Tools screen and recording some ideas, you know, just getting it out. Um, I need that, and then I also need drums. And the drums, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I could be recording, I could be performing, I could be practicing, I could just be messing around, I could be learning a lick, whatever. Um, as long as I have those things, I am I am a happy person. I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm the same yeah. way as that. So, there, so you bring up an interesting point. There's an element of, this sort of speaks to identity, which we've yeah. also talked about, but your identity and my identity, a large part of it at least, is in being a creative person. It's it's mm-hmm. more than our personality. We are creative people, but there's something in us that I would argue is God-given, God-granted 
God placed mm-hmm. deep the deepest part of who we are that if we don't have access to that if we're not if we're not living that out which is very christianese but it's 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 i think it's very true it's true because mm-hmm. we both get a certain way when we aren't doing yeah. it and so yeah. if you're listening to this and and you're thinking man i used to do this thing i don't do it anymore and now that i'm thinking about what this thing could be it's that thing ask yourself um in in what ways in what ways do you lash out? Do you become just not like yourself uh, when when you're not doing that thing, or or have you become yeah. that way just generally speaking because you don't have access to that thing? I'm not talking about sin. I, 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 I'm not talking about things that are damaging to who you are. Things that are are lesser than what God's given you to pursue. I'm talking about the actual pure, genuine, instinctual, deep rooted heart stuff. And as mm-hmm. crazy as it is, it's drums for me. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, it, to your point, it's it's very true. If you don't, if you are not doing that thing for a, a long enough time, it starts to damage your identity just enough that you you become this. Yeah, you're you're still yourself. You just become a much lesser version <laughs> that everyone experiences, unfortunately. Right. And in your case, it's your wife. Um, in my case, it's probably my brothers who I work with on the farm. And I'm like, why do we have to pull burnt cucumber again? I want to be home practicing. You yeah, know? Yeah. In your case, it's like, do I really have to do the dishes again? Like, I just <laughs> did the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that motivation manifests itself differently because obviously you have a career that you have to take into consideration you know you have to be at your best you have to be playing at that top level because you are endorsing high level drum companies that are counting on you to be at your best you're you're part of a band that requires you to be at your best for me I just know I'm gonna be a god awful person if I don't (laughs) drum (laughs) that's amazing you really looped those together well that was I just (laughs) Not so completely my true, but funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's actually pretty accurate if you've been around me. But it's, uh, <laughs> we should let Tim go it's, now. This podcast is over, okay? We're done. Tim needs so to play I, and create. The podcast, the podcast actually hits a little bit of that creative nature in me. And talking about drums, yeah. you know, it's, it is putting a Band-Aid on a wound, but it's, it's still, you know... Um, <laughs> It's still better than, you know, a fresh open wound. So, uh, (laughs) but I think um, we should all examine that outside of drums. I think we should all examine like, are we, are we doing the thing that, that um, makes us who we are? You know, are we putting enough time into it? And it doesn't, it's not the same amount of time for everybody. For Matt to do what he needs to do at the level that he needs to do it, that looks like four hours of practice a day. Um, there's no way I can do that, not with my job, not with my family. Um, but I don't need to put in four hours of practice. I can get on the kit for a half an hour, and that fulfills my needs. So you have to determine, A, how much time do I need to do this thing to be fulfilled? Right, that's true. And and B, um, is that amount of time worth it mm-hmm. to be fulfilled? Can I take that, you know, so like for me, if it's a half an hour, it's typically... Uh, more than a half hour. I sit down for a half hour. It ends up being an hour. Um, that's me usually pushing work to later on in the evening mm-hmm. when I'd rather go to bed or I'd rather have a glass of wine and watch a TV show. You know, um, so I'm giving up those things um, so that I can play drums, mm-hmm. and that's that's worth it to me. Right. That's worth way it. worth it to me. Yeah. Um, you know, or you know, even just being creative. Sometimes it means staying up. My wife goes to bed. I'm tired, but I know I need to sit down with a guitar and create. And so I stay up for an hour or two creating music, and I'm tired the next day. Yeah. But that sacrifice is worth it to me because I know I'd rather be tired and have stayed up late yeah. than be a miserable person. Yep because I didn't get that creative time in when I needed it, yep. you know? Um, so I think we all have to gauge that for ourselves, whether it's music or drums or whatever. We have to know what that thing is because um, there's a lot of miserable people out there. Maybe it's as simple as they're just not doing what's fulfilling to them. I think you know, in they're part, too caught up I on think, something else. I think there's some truth to that. There, there are at least a couple different types of person, and all can be true at the same time. One is me as a 17-year-old kid mowing grass, 
tapping on the steering wheel, just can't wait to get home and practice. Then there's mm-hmm. 28-year-old me, which is like I'm kind of burnt out. I need a motivation yeah. that motivates me to practice because I really don't feel like doing it anymore. Yeah. And then there's 34-year-old me, which is like, okay, that's sort of a... Uh, it's a, sort of a mix of everything. I could be doing a lot of other things. I want to be doing this thing, but I need a way mm-hmm. to balance everything in my life. Because when you say right. yes to this, you say no to something else, to your point. Right. You're having to balance several factors, which I would argue are a priority over drumming, and you would too. It's why you balance things, your family, mm-hmm. your job. And drumming has to fall in there somewhere, but how are you going to do it? You're going to have to give up some yeah. stuff. So as a listener to this, you, you likely fall into one of those loosely at least and saying, man, all I want to do is play drums. I don't want to work anymore. You have to work. You're going to have mm-hmm. to work. Uh, how are you going to buy new cymbals when they break? <laughs> um, <laughs> how are you going to pay your parents to, you know, they have to deal with the sound all the time. So you're going to have yeah, to move out yeah. eventually. Um, <laughs> then there's the version of like, well, I'm so burnt out on this. I just, I have mm-hmm. to do this because it's my job or it's sort of my identity still, but I'm just, I can't find the motivation. And then another angle would be, I want to do this, but my life's really busy and I'm not sure how Mm -hmm. to balance everything in my life. And as we talked about, you just got to give it 15 minutes. Everybody can do 15 minutes. You can. Mm -hmm. 15 minutes likely will turn into a lot longer, like you just said. But start with 15 minutes. It's better than zero. Better than not at all. Yep. And see if it gives you what you think it will. I bet it will. I bet it will. We we settle. Yeah. We make decisions every day to settle for for just scrolling on our phones, for mm-hmm. sitting down and watching a TV show for longer than what we should. Or and, and we make these decisions on our own. No one's forcing us to. That's right. Yeah. But if if you if you eliminate even just one of those things, it's going yeah. to give you time to do something that is more worthwhile. You're going to sleep better mm-hmm. at night. You're not going to be comparing yourself to what other people are doing or living or achieving because you've done something on your own that mm-hmm. is unique to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think, um, so I'm, I'm going to wrap up the drum topic with this real quick because um, it really was more of a motivation topic. It was. But because You're we right. said practicing, I just want to throw this in there. And I probably said this in the first practicing topic that we did, yeah. but just... Because I think mo- I think a lot of you listening, probably most of you, are closer to my realm of drum playing than Matt's. Um, a lot of you might not be afforded four hours a day to, to sit on right. a kit and practice. Some of you are. That's great. Hey, if you're if you're in a time of life like Matt's nephews, right, and you can you can afford four hours a day to practice because you don't have other responsibilities. Take it, like, dude. If you're use young. That time. Do it. If you <laughs> are young, time. give it everything you've got. Yeah, yeah, 100%. For me, I find alternative ways to practice. I've said this before. I'll say it again. You can drum from your desk. Yeah. You might annoy the crap out of your coworkers, <laughs> but you can do it. I have learned many uh, a polyrhythm, yeah. many a linear fill from my desk chair with my laptop yeah. playing on my lap and on the floor true (laughs) you know i have memorized patterns simply by just yeah playing wherever i was sitting you know sitting waiting for uh for a client to show up to a meeting or you know wherever i am um if you're motivated and this brings it back to the motivation if you're motivated to learn and you're motivated to grow you'll find time to do it And you'll be surprised at how much time you have and how innovative you can be when you really want to be. Mm-hmm, 100%. Um, so, yeah. So, I'll our practice that. topic and is not practice, it's actually motivation. So, <laughs> it's actually motivation. The cover is just going to be the word practice canceled out Crossed and out. just <laughs> motivation. motivation written in its place, which is going to yeah, excite people. Funny. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, I don't have to oh. practice. Yeah, I just have to yeah. be motivated. I just need to be motivated. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Once you're motivated, you will practice. <laughs> That's right. Start with motivation, then start practicing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, that was great. That was a good topic. Uh, it took a different turn than I thought it was going to. So yeah, it's exciting. Um, 
So um, our faith topic, and we're going to try to keep it relatively short because Matt has to go. <laughs> um, um, I'm I don't good. Know how much time you have? I'm good. good. All right, all right. I, cool. um, we're gonna we're gonna run with. This I have one. some real life stuff going on. Uh, here's here's what it looks like. I have a farmhouse that I fixed up and have tenants in. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm a landlord. As a landlord, <laughs> you get a message that says, "Hey, I don't have hot water in my house anymore," and so you say, "All right." I'll be over. What you learn as a landlord is never say what time you'll be over because they <laughs> yeah. will be expecting you prior to that time. So now I just say, yeah. I will be over. So after I'm finished over. recording this, I'm going to go try to prime <laughs> an oil powered, an oil fired hot water system. That was a pro tip right there, guys. That's it, man. That was the best piece of advice given this entire episode <laughs> yeah, so far. Yeah, for sure. The never, most pragmatic. Never hold yourself down to a time. Because then, <laughs> yeah. uh, then you're responsible for Don't it. Don't take that advice and run with it. Just, just, just if you're a landlord. Just if you're a landlord. There, there, there <laughs> are some landlords out there. I know. I have a friend who listens to this, and he's a landlord. And um, he, he might agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe not. I think there's some other points in life that that can be applicable. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so this topic, um, I don't have a whole lot to bring to the table, but I, I thought it would be worth talking about, um, and that is the idea of positivity or positivity versus negativity. Um, I know a number of people. I can probably count out just off the top of my head like ten people. Um, and figure out very quickly whether they're more of a positive person or more of a negative person mm. in general, whether they look at the, the, the glass half full or half empty. Um, and I think that um, it's interesting, and I, and I try to challenge myself with this a lot. Um, I, I try to be a positive person, but I wonder sometimes when people think about me, am I the person that's going to be encouraging to be around? Am I the one that's going to inspire um, healthy conversation or am I going to bring people down? Am I going to be the one filling people up or um, making them feel like they have to give me something from them Hmm. and leaving the conversation feeling emptier? Hmm. Um, Wow, that's a great point. I've seen a lot recently, obviously, you know, 2020, dark, dark year. Um, (laughs) But... I was like thinking about it. I took a step back and I was talking to some people and and we were like, you know what? Like there's been a lot of bad stuff that has happened, but it's actually not, it hasn't been a bad year. We keep, we keep saying it's been a bad year, like 2020. Oh, you know, we're going to write this out of the history books. It was such a bad year. Um, I've actually seen a lot of positive things come from this. Um, you know, I've seen, um, particularly light, a lot of light shed, yeah, <laughs> a lot of truth coming out. True, people's true colors being shown through. Um, you know, uh, issues that have been in the dark brought to light. Um, because in times of trial, I feel like all we have is is the truth yeah. to hold on to. Yeah. Right? Um, you hear that phrase: "The truth will set you free." Yeah. You know, it's like people are are struggling for that. But anyway. Social media primarily is the um, the trigger for this conversation, I'll say, because it has been just a slew of negativity. Yeah. Honestly, if I didn't rely on it for my job, I would have gotten off a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just because it's it's really um, it can ruin your day. Yeah. I can hop on at the you know in the first hour of my day and it can ruin the rest of my day and it shouldn't, but, but it often does or can do that. Um, and so I've seen some people recently making it a point to be positive. In fact, even when all this was starting, there were a lot of people saying, let's play games. You know, we're stuck inside COVID sucks, but let's, let's play some fun games. I'm just, you know, I'll roll with it. You know, let's, let's start this, uh, this chain thing like I think at the beginning I posted like 
I don't know, my top 10 albums or something like that or of whatever era. Or, I don't know. I was I was playing along with some of them too just because it's fun. <laughs> it's something positive. Yeah. At least it fills the news feed with something better yeah. than, you know, <laughs> bad news. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of been Productive. seeing like a resurgence. Yeah, exactly. Something like something positive, you know, and I think people crave that positivity, especially when there's so much negativity. And nowadays there there is, and I've seen a kind of a resurgence of people just like, trying to be positive, trying to, to bring a positive spin on what's going on. And I think that like, especially now, the people that I want to spend time with are the people that are staying positive. Mm -hmm. They're the people that are, um, they're the people that at the end of the day, I want to hang out with again. Mm. I don't want to, that I don't walk away from the conversation being like, oh man, that was a drag that, you know, Mm. (laughs) that took a lot out of me. You know, I want to, I'm going to spend time more often with the people that are building me up and making me feel good about life. And sometimes it, it, it's about <laughs> blocking yourself off from yeah. things that are going on. Sometimes it's about just taking a step back and <sighs> taking a deep breath and giving yourself some time. Um, but that's not always a bad thing. Some people think that you need to be, you have to have your head in the news. You have to know the truth. You, you know, you can't close your eyes. It's not, you know, um, it's not about being naive, you know. Um, ignorance isn't bliss, or, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know. But I think sometimes you just have to take a positive approach. Mm. Sometimes you have to twist the, uh, twist the narrative a little mm. bit to say like, well, let's look at the good that came mm-hmm. out of this. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's a lot of bad. Let's acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Let's recognize it. But uh, what good came out of it? Let's focus on that what, stuff. What do you have to say to someone playing devil's advocate here, uh, playing devil's yeah, advocate do it, please. here, who, who would say that's, um, you're naive. If you're not willing mm-hmm. to look at the hard facts and how dark and cold and <laughs> terrible this world is and people can be, you're just naive. You're just pretending. You're just living in this fake world where you, you sort of dress everything up and make it nice. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm not a good person to ask that because I'm, I'm always a <laughs> proponent of, of ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I, no, I'm serious. I'm the type of person that would answer that and be like, well, I'd rather not know about it. Then. Yeah. Like if it's really that bad, yeah. just don't tell me, yeah. you know? It's like, I'm the person, like, if you say, do you want the good news or the bad news? I'm going to ask for the good news first. Yeah. And then I'm going to tell me, I'm going to tell them, don't tell me the bad mm. news. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> I don't want to know. I've grown up, I've matured a little bit since those days. Yeah. Uh, there is, you know, there is a need to um, be informed, mm-hmm. to know what's going on, um, to know the truth, um, to acknowledge that bad things do happen in life and quite often. Um, if you don't know that by now, uh, you're in for it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I, I do see, um, a need for my own sanity and for my, my own family to not just be consumed with negativity. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of negativity in the world and it's very easy to fall into a rut of just listening to all this bad news and, you know, this happened today and that happened today and the world's coming to an end. Yeah. And, you know, like it's really easy to get sucked yeah. into that mindset and just sit there and, and feel like you're helpless, yeah. you know? And I just try my best to choose the other mm-hmm. side. Well, let's look at what good stuff happened today. So to be <laughs> naive is, is to not be aware of the events happening in the world around you. Mm-hmm. You're saying it's possible to be aware, but not to focus and marinate not to your mind in it. that mm-hmm. toxic waste, which is yeah. what a lot of social media is. Twitter, at mm-hmm. least, is a dumpster fire. It just is. <laughs> it is just yeah. full of people easily writing 100 and however many characters it is now without any work <laughs> yeah. involved and... If you were to face that person face to face and have a conversation, they would not be saying what they're saying nine times out of 10. And even more than that. I know yeah. that because I got hit over the head recently a couple times. This year has been full of these buzzwords, 
and very sensitive mm-hmm. issues. Being a public figure, it's expected of you to speak out. Speaking out means you will alienate certain people and you will include others. Yeah. Uh, there was one person who reached out to me and she felt like I was a terrible person and she called me names on Instagram. This is a direct message. And I replied oh, wow. and I just tried to understand where she was coming from. It was an unreasonable mm-hmm. attack with things that you shouldn't say about someone you don't know at least. You really shouldn't say them to anybody. But, <laughs> you know, at least to somebody you don't know. And so we worked our way through this and by the end she apologized. Because yeah. that's that's what happens. That negativity turned into us having a conversation that was legitimate. Mm-hmm. I think what what if I'm understanding you correctly, you're aware of what's going on, both good and bad, and you're choosing to say, I get one shot at this life and I'm choosing, I'm making a decision to focus on the positive things that can be found in this situation instead mm-hmm. of dwelling on the negative. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 it. And I mean, there are seasons for everything. Um, I think it's Ecclesiastes that has that famous verse, there is a season mm-hmm. for this, a season for sure. this. Um, and I think that there are seasons to, you know, be up in arms, be angry sure, about 100%. stuff. Sure, 100%. You know, make it, make it change. But I think overall, um, you know, it's, it's uh, and this is just me, maybe it's not everybody, but for me, it is much harder for me to love somebody when I am down in the dumps and I need to be loved myself. Exactly. And so if if I can stay positive, if I can look at the good things that are happening and see the blessings that I have on my life, you know, and, and just recognize that I am in a way better place than so many other people. Yeah. I am so fortunate. It doesn't feel like that a lot of the time, but I am. That's just the that's the fact of it. <laughs> I am very, very privileged, very blessed mm-hmm. um, to be where I am and have the life that I have. And if I don't recognize that, that's I'm just being foolish, for sure. So you know, so so look at that positivity and yeah. and dwell on that instead of dwelling on these negative things. Recognize the negative, yeah. things, See the negative right. things, whatever, but dwell on the positive things. Yeah, I, I'm very similar to that. Right. It, for for me, it comes down to hurt the expression hurt people hurt people mm-hmm. that that is true for me in in the in the case that when i when someone hurts me or i've been hurt by something or someone i respond with a negative approach to life i see people yeah. in a negative light i no longer can capture the positive attributes about people or circumstances you're saying mm-hmm. you have to have the perspective to say your life is still better than it could be. You have it better than mm-hmm. it, it, it could be. Uh, two, two or three years ago, I was sitting at a table with my dad, and I was very hurt. And I said to my dad, I remember I put my head in my hands like this, and I was just, I said the words, I just don't care anymore. Mm. That was the beginning of a spiral of, because I had been hurt, I started to go down this, I, I see it as like an amusement park ride. It's just this like, yeah, this spiral. You're just going down and down and down. And it's gradual, so you don't really feel it. It's like frog in the kettle kind of thing. But it made me into a more negative person than I, for sure than I ever was. In that mm. I, I saw what people were saying when they said something positive, And I didn't like it. Because I was hurt. And I just yeah. didn't care anymore. And these other people did. They still cared. Things that they were doing still mattered to them. Yeah. There was still a reason for what they were doing. Mm-hmm. That for me is is when I it is when you realize you're in trouble. If you've allowed your hurt to affect your outlook on other people and the world around you, it's taken this beautiful scenery. And it's made everything black as tar, people included. Mm. And when someone else is operating out of this, we're talking about positivity, but more broadly speaking, loving approach to life and going about their day, Mm -hmm. it upsets you. It actually upsets you. I was there, I mean, not really that long ago. 
Um, I'm yeah. actually still kind of dealing with it at times where someone will say something. I'm like, ah, man, like that's upsetting to me. And it's positive. What they're saying is good yeah. and loving. Yeah. And you're like, what is wrong sure. with me? You know, <laughs> and that comes for me personally from a place of hurt. So what yeah. you have to do is you have to ask yourself, is it worth it to live the only life you're going to get the rest of your life? Are you willing to go the rest of your life with the perspective that, you know what? This, this whole thing really sucks and I don't like any of it. I was hurt and um, I, I am not going to let anybody else change that about me or get close to me and again. And, and, and I, I had mm. to make the decision to say, you know what? I have to work on myself and get better so that yeah. I can start to love people again so that I can start to appreciate right. people again. Otherwise, like your hands, you start to get calloused. <laughs> You start to get blistered. Yeah. So <laughs> with that little play on words, we should really be practicing. <laughs> Positivity. Positivity. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that can benefit no, all I of mean, us because obviously that, you know, happiness is what we all you want. You actually right? do have to practice it. Like it, it's kind of a joke. Yeah. It's, it's, I wasn't yeah, kidding. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a joke, but it's actually not. C.S. Lewis said, <laughs> if you're upset, fake a smile. In much more yeah. words than that, but what what he meant is, if you're not feeling good, smile. The action of smiling, physically speaking, smiling, will change the way you yeah. feel. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hear this about it being naive and innocent. It's like, oh well, my gosh, we'd be better off if there was more innocence in the world. We'd be better off, yeah. If if we didn't have Jesus said Jesus said it's easier for a child to come into the kingdom of heaven. Why do you think that is? You were talking about your nephews. Yeah. That's what I think. You you know, they think that they can uh, can run the world. You know, the, the world is theirs to to explore and to own, and there's freedom and there's, you know, innocence. and True, and they don't <laughs> know what the world's like. They'll find hurt, out. And they don't know. They'll yeah. find out, and it's tough. But, like, hey, we have a sinful nature. We have been, uh, we have been cursed. Yeah. That is literally... Right. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> we were cursed, and we live in a sinful world. It's been bad since the beginning. Right. Like, like nothing's changed. That's true. We're still living in the same world under the same curse. And I think that our approach is what really separates the boys from the men. And the boys being the, the thing you actually want to aspire to be. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you don't want to be a man. You, you don't want, want to be a boy. A you want to be a boy. Uh, it's a little backwards, but uh, uh, <laughs> I think that's. So, think what do you think it. about what do you think about this? Do you do you think it's possible that? Do you think it's possible that going through difficulty, the difficult year we've had. Mm-hmm. If you've lost someone in your life that you love, if you're going through a personal illness, you're struggling, you're being challenged, beaten down, just the general suffering, right, of life. Yeah. Do you think it's possible that to to truly experience positivity, real positivity, the kind that lasts, the kind that changes you, can happen... Most of all, because as a result of that challenge, where it has a tendency to make you into this negative, terrible person, like I was starting to become, faced a challenge, it twisted me upside down, when in reality, it was making me into something so much better than I was before. I thought I was positive before, but I didn't truly realize positivity. I couldn't have Mm -hmm. until... I felt the negativity that I felt. Yeah. When, when, when your context is spread out, you're able to see the positivity just a little bit wider because you're able to see the negativity just a little bit wider. Right. The pendulum swings just a little further. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel those angry, sad emotions knowing that that pendulum's going to swing over and hit this other side where... God wants you to also experience love mm-hmm. yeah. and affection and affirmation. Yeah. And I, I would argue that a year like this is is beneficial to many of us in the end if we're willing to let that pendulum swing over 
and bounce us into an even greater understanding of how to be positive yeah and how to be loving yeah that's true i mean ask your friend horatio spafford (laughs) right wish i could i mean there's gonna be there's gonna be valleys and some of those valleys are gonna be pretty deep down there and then there's gonna be mountains and all-time highs i mean that's right that's That's true that's how life is and i think um we have to see, and we talked about this so many times, so I feel like I'm just a broken record at this point, but it's because it's so important. We have to take those valleys as a time to grow and learn and come up that mountain as a better person. Exactly. As someone who, exactly who, right. who learned from that mistake the first time, and yeah. we won't have to learn again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's painful. It's it hurts. painful. It's not fun. It's terrible. Yeah. But you have to realize that in that time, you're being made into something. Is it possible? Ask yourself this. Is it possible that you're being made into something greater than you were before? If it is possible, then let that motivate you to put your head, put your head down and face it. Like you said, Horatio Spafford. Where did he look? The cross. Why did he look at the cross? Because when he realized the extent of his sin, he realized how loved he was, and that lifted him up. The only person that could was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Felt the deepest pain out of any person who's ever lived. That's where he had to look. He had no other choice. Yeah. And when he made that choice to look at him and realize the extent of his sin, he also then realized how much he was loved. Yeah, absolutely. And if if you're struggling with being negative and down and just beaten up and you just can't flip that switch and be positive, I get it. I hear you. I understand. Mm-hmm. But start by looking at your hurt and start by looking at the past, really. That's where you're going to find the answer, and you're going to find where that happened. Something happened. You were like my nephews. I was like my nephews, and then life happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to go back to that place and figure out, okay, the pendulum was way over there. Somehow it stalled out, and I need to get it over here. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, but but you should consider it because life is pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty great if, if you're able to see it with the right lens. That's right. That's exactly right. I heard this great quote that's, um, I don't know who, who said it, but it's, uh, the same water that softens the potato hardens the egg. Hmm. It's, it's not about what situation you're in, but rather what you're made of. Hmm. And I think that, um, that says a lot about people. You know, there's a lot of people who could go through the same exact thing, have the same exact upbringing or the same exact, you know, all of the whatever the you know what you're up against is is exactly the yeah. same lines up yeah. perfectly and this person over here is going to experience it and go through it and learn from it one way and this person's going to experience it and go through it a different way one yeah. person's going to come out higher than the other one person's going to come out lower it's it's yeah. the way that it is and i think um we have to try our best to make the best of the situations to learn and to grow from the situations that we're in as hard as it is, you know, because we don't want to be those hurt people that hurt people because yeah. those are the people that went through a situation that I'm sure many other people went through, but just didn't fully understand that they could come out of it mm-hmm. alive, mm-hmm. <laughs> happy, exactly, you know, yeah. fulfilled. And, um, that doesn't mean we should judge those people. I think yeah. like if we've been through things, you know, the hard thing that I've been through is not the hard thing that you've been through, but we should always try to understand that yeah. you went through something and that's why this is happening. You know, that's how I try yeah. to approach every person, every relationship. Like, you know, instead of saying that guy was a total dick, yeah. like, you know, I don't want to, you know, whatever, I'm just going to yeah. write him off. It's like, it's, well, what happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. What made There's him, a story. What made him that way? And who's to say that he won't get past it? Who's to say he won't get through it and become a better person? That's 100% right. So, yeah. So stay positive. You got to practice that that positivity. Practice drums and practice positivity. That's the the lesson for the day. Which is harder. (laughs) Which is harder. I have an inkling about which one, but... (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um, Cool. Well, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you guys uh, checking in. Um, We realize there are a lot of podcasts out there to listen to and we appreciate you guys picking us um yeah thank you at least if only for this episode to check it out uh yeah. we cover drum topics and faith or deeper profound hopefully profound topics <laughs> um and we have an inner circle um it's how we're able to do this we we, we have a loyal community of supporters who um 
they have their own community actually i just found out there's an inner inner circle it's elite very exclusive very yeah. elite i'm not invited i don't really want to be there anyway sounds like a bunch of uh well anyway uh <laughs> sounds like a bunch of tims floating around in there. Uh, man. <laughs> uh, we have two new patreons uh we, we have two new additions to our inner circle they are see if i can get this right jonah Mm-hmm. And uh, Robert. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Robert Willick you, Jonah and, and Robert. Jonah DeHaro. Not sure if I pronounced that properly, but thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys Welcome. for signing up and supporting us. Um, I do have a new microphone that uh, that you guys helped us acquire, and we are working on getting it set up with my rig. Um, it's a lot of work to record podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So, and there's a lot of technology involved. Yeah. I'm still we're still figuring out how to do it to the best of our ability so that's a best sets so a good experience for you as yeah. a listener. Yeah, so thank you Inner Circle, you guys are helping us. If you're interested in learning more about the Inner Circle or becoming uh, more a part of it, check it out patreon.com/holyghostnotes. Um in addition to supporting the podcast, there's a number of incentives. Um, we've had uh, Adam Gray and uh, Jonathan Thomas have been doing um, drum lessons. Um, which are exclusive to our Patreon supporters. Um, they've been awesome. Dude, yeah. Jonathan has been coming out with like full blown, like he like popped out like a 15 minute video the other yeah. day with like full blown sheet music on the bottom yeah. and like everything. Like he went all out. So Jonathan, if you're listening, thanks, man. You're the you're the man. Um, but those Absolutely. lessons have been great. Um, that's from the double tier and above. Um, the triplet and then the tier. triplet and the ghost note get the mattgrinderlessons.com yeah. access. Yeah, media access to mattgrinderlessons.com and, um, of course, you know, uh, exclusive content and some swag and whatnot. So check that out if you're interested. If not, we love you anyway. Thank you for listening. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah, we've got some cool uh, devotionals up on our website. We've been going through the Book of Mark. It's called Peace Devotionals. Check that out if you're interested. Um, use the hashtag Holy Ghost Notes on your drum videos. We do a group of the week every week. Um, and, uh, yeah, drop us a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Um, it really helps a lot. Um, I'm not saying that from experience. I've just been told to, to ask for ratings. So <laughs> drop, us a, drop us a rating. Um, we'd appreciate it. Even if you don't like it, one star. <laughs> yeah <laughs> do what you gotta do guys bring, do. bring it on um <laughs> give us the truth <laughs> but but stay positive yeah, got, but stay positive that's right that's, yeah. <laughs> hopefully it wasn't a total waste of your time listening to this episode uh, <laughs> but uh yeah thank you all and um we'll see you very soon sounds good you know what time it is oh uh, come on Peace. Oh yeah.